now that we know about this, we could also start referring it to as the Salem menopause trials. Get out of my room. Hey sisters. Hey sisters. This is Gretchen. And Jesse. We're back for another episode of our favorite podcast because it's ours. It's a podcast by us, sisters, for everyone. I forgot the middle part, didn't I? And it's about sisters. <laughs> yeah, that part. <laughs> it's about, it's about, I remember that part. Man, uh, there's a reason that you usually head that one off. But you um, nailed it in a way. <sighs> I did my best. I did my best. So what's been going on? I have been quite busy. I taught a class. I was, I've been so busy and I've been teaching lots of like the Shakespeare histories. So I taught. Henry I know Ford. you teach online classes. Like I think that's right. important. Yeah. To yeah. Because yes, I teach yes. high school age homeschoolers for the most part, charter school. Ultimately this morning, I started my day with Henry the fourth. Then I taught Henry the fifth is Henry fourth part one, then Henry the fifth. And then I was supposed to teach Henry the fourth part two, but I just kept flipping through my notes and taught Henry the sixth for half an hour instead. And my students just sat there confused. I'm so embarrassed. And I cringe now every time I think about it. I was about to say in their defense though, I've totally been in that class where I'm like, oh crap, everybody else here did their homework, but me. And so I'm just going to sit quietly and pretend like I know what the teacher's talking about. Mm -hmm. And then the teacher's like, oh, sorry. And all of a sudden, like my guts release their clinching because I'm like totally freaked out that I didn't. It's like those bad dreams you have where you show to a final and you hadn't been to class all semester. Well, I was the one that showed up to the final and like I hadn't been in class. All semester. Oh, no, I, I've been there as a teacher. Like side note about me, I'm not doing it anymore, but I used to teach at uh, Texas A&M University. My favorite thing is because we did the flipped classroom, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone would watch their lectures and stuff online and then come in for the lecture. And I'd be like, right, isn't this, didn't you all see this in the module? And they'd be kind of like looking around <laughs> and it took so long to get a consensus because no one wanted to admit yeah that they were like all scared that they had done something wrong I'm like dude i am so human you just tell me like raise your hand and say that is not in the module you are in the wrong year ma'am yeah oh it was bad what are we talking about today gretchen we are talking about the sisters of the salem witch trials very specific sisters um the town sisters of the salem witch trials and i so i love anything kind of like scandalous, um, witchy, ghosty, anything like that, I think it's a great story. And I think we're all very familiar with the Salem Witch Trials. Yes, Jesse? I would. I, I like to say that I am because I've seen a lot of Hocus Pocus. Um, and by a lot of, I mean, I watch it every year. There's not extra Hocus Pocus to watch. Um, Darn. I know. Well, there was that that thing that they did, that special that they did that I didn't watch. I didn't watch it either. They're supposedly coming out with a sequel, but I know that that's not anything like the actual Salem Witch Trials. And like, I'm a really big fan of Alice Hoffman. So like the story of Maria, the ancestor, I'm, I dig. I have um, no clue what that is. So practical magic. Oh, 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 oh. She's yes. the author. Yes. Um, also a big fan of Sandra Bullock, who is in the movie. So you know yeah. and nicole kimmon i like her that's true bit. it's a great but we'll probably cover that sometime um not so tonight I, think I know about the salem witch trials but when you say the town sisters is it towns like towns van zant or is it town like t-o-w-n t-o-w-n-e town sisters and my goal is to tell you some things that you don't know because i think a lot of people know a little bit so i'm kind of excited because there were some really crazy cool things that i discovered when i was looking up more about each of these sisters 
So let's go. I'm excited. I am too. Okay. I know me too. Okay. So first of all, you're going to need to do some math. So get a calculator out because I wrote down a lot of dates and realized I didn't do any subtraction. So. Oh, okay. Whoa. Hang on. (laughs) Let me see. My Google machine, AKA my cell phone is probably only three subtraction equations. Okay. I can handle that. I've got I've got my calculator open on my Google machine. And they're probably just called subtraction problems, not even equations. Okay, the first date you need is 1692. Just get that ready. That's when all this went down. It was 1692. Um, Go ahead and punch that in. Thank you. And this is when people were kind of migrating to New England area. Some names that you might want to just understand as a little background here. The magistrates during this time at in the court of it was like Oyer and Terminator or something. There was a specific Terminator. Court. Yes. There was a specific like court in this area in Salem. That was the court that was seeing all these cases. And the two magistrates were Corwin and Hathorne. Um, and then there was a I, H-A-T-H-O-R-N-E. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hathorne. Not I'm familiar super... with that name from, I think from like resource material for the crucible. Okay. I will get to the crucible at some point as well. Ooh. Um, doctor, this was not necessarily a huge, like, remember this guy thing, but I thought was very interesting was how this happened. Um, so Dr. William Griggs was actually the one who diagnosed witchcraft. So Wait, I, it's I, a, I is it like in the... Like, was it a mental health thing? Was it like... Oh, I don't know. It was... A gut disease? No one defined all that back then, right? Right, yeah. Just go the to doctor your came in and said, you had witchcraft. So he was in charge. Oh, witchcraft. Right. So they actually had a doctor who was diagnosing these women, which I did not really realize that was part of it. Um, and it was also very much in conjunction with the Reverend Paris who was the church and he, his name is very well known, um, but he was like the church leader at that time. Yes. And I did know that. Right. And we have to remember like, okay, back then being the reverend at a church was kind of like holding an office. So you were, you were like a local magistrate yourself. Like you were, right. You were considered in a position of legal authority because you were over church. And so he kind of um, actually one of his daughters, I didn't know this. The Reverend's daughter, Betty, and they have it in quotes. I don't know what her real name is. Or I could probably find it, but I didn't. Um, she was one of the top accusers. And Abigail Williams, who I think is a really common person that we hear of, yeah, was her cousin. So, yes, and that's in the Crucible. Right. They're in the Crucible. Right, but... I don't think I knew that they were like that closely associated with the reverend at that time, who is like having a say in which women are diagnosed. And like he has a very heavy say in who's going to court. Um, And he probably has his thumb. Like, I don't know this for sure, but if you're in that position, you kind of have your thumb on some of this legal stuff. So anyway, um, that's kind of just important to understand when you look at how all this went down, because I think what we can ask ourselves in the broad light of day in 2022 is like, how the heck did this crazy stuff happen? And these three sisters are a really good example of like, how did this happen to them? Okay. So that's where we're going. Um, so the three sisters, their names are Rebecca Nurse. Hey, I know that name. Yep. She, she, they all actually live like their, their names live on past them. Okay. Right. Rebecca Nurse is like one of the most famous. Yeah. Yes. In, in literature, we'll put it that way. Okay. In literature. Um, because you're going to be surprised. This is some things you're gonna be surprised where these other people's names come up. So Rebecca Nurse also, it has turned into Norse. 
N-O-U-R-S-E. I'm just saying this because someone out there might be related to these people but not realize it because they changed their last names have changed over time a little bit partially because of what happened actually a lot of last names in this have changed because of the salem witch trials oh they just wanted to put it behind them mm-hmm. okay she was born in 1621 so am i calculating an age i just want to yes but hold on to it i'll tell you when it comes up <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I have 1692 hot in my hand. Go for it. Okay. 16. She was born in 1621. Go ahead. How old was she when all this went down? Because this is also important to know. These are not spring chickens. She was 71. 71. And in 1692, 71 was pretty old. 71 is pretty old now to be accused of. Like if we heard a 71 year old was accused of like stealing a bus. Hey, that would be. I'd be impressed, honestly, because like 71. Totally. Um, Mary Eastie, which is also Estie sometimes was born in 1632, cue her age at time of trial. So I need to add 11 <laughs> years to that. No, nope, this I is like, 11 years. Sure. No, at 60. Oh, yeah, 60, still not a spring chicken. Still not, no. Um, and they were both born in England actually. And then Sarah, which was the youngest, Cloyce, which could also be Clays or Clace, was born um, four years later. So I'll make it easy for you. In 1637 in the US. Thank you. So she was 56. Well, I have 55. You said 60, right? 1692 was our original. Wait, Mary Eastie was 60, right? Oh, this is when math eludes me. And everybody else. Oh, no, no. You're right. You win. It's five, not four. I can't even do even simpler math. Okay. Got it. Okay. So so they're 71, 60 and 55, 55. Okay. So they're not, they're not like young girls when this is going on. They are older members of the community. Um, their mom, this is interesting. Joanna town was accused of witchcraft 20 years prior. So in 1672, she was also accused of witchcraft, which served to like get them accused easier because witchcraft is said to run in the blood. But they were already grown adults, probably not living at home when their mom was accused. But that doesn't, if it's DNA. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They don't so, have so to live like, at home. They don't have to be children. <laughs> right, right. They so should have moved further like, away is the answer to this one. Which I think is interesting because apparently it comes on right around menopause. Well, witchcraft. as someone who has had medically induced in menopause, I definitely was diagnosed with witchcraft at the same time. I mean, it's it's actually really hilarious. Now, at this point, if you think about this whole thing, a bunch of guys sitting around wondering why women about 50, when they turn 50, start to get real crazy and ornery. It can't possibly be something that's going on with them. It's got to be witchcraft. Right. They open the windows in winter. The devil's in their blood. Exactly. The fires of hell, right? And a bunch of men (laughs) who couldn't figure out or hang with these women that are going through menopause just killed them all. Yep. So there you go. Yep. The end. No, but I was going through this and I was thinking that is so bizarre. Like, of course, like, I never have thought about that ever in the course of like, not that I've like done all this studying of it, but you hear about it over and over and I never put that together. Well, they also make us picture like young girls naked in the woods as these witches that are accused. Like if you look up, like if you Google Salem witch trials, you get somebody's photo shoot and they're like half naked with a hat on their head. Yeah. Well, we don't think that about is, that is not what was happening here because those there, there were those people, I think, but they were the accusers. Right. They were the ones that were playing in the woods like right. ding dongs and got caught. 
probably by one of these menopausal women who just need to go for a walk or they're going to throw everybody in the house out the window. So let's get into their, they were accused. I'm going to give you a little, like you might already know which one it is, but not all three of these died actually. Not all three of these sisters died, which I think a lot of people think that everyone accused died, mm-hmm. but one of them did not. And we assumed um, they were burned at the stake too. You did assume that. Yeah. I don't think that was the case. I know that it's not the case, but in my head, I still see that because I've seen lots of movies. Yeah. But I think like over time, menopausal witchcraft was just a consistent diagnosis. I'd love to know when that left like the medical books. Like, oh, there's Does a menopause reason. just mean witchcraft in a language that we don't know? Pretty much. Well, I'm excited. That means I've got um, magical powers ahead of me. Well, I've already got these magical powers. That's true. How are they going? They're going. Let me tell you, I open my windows in the winter and I talk to my cat. So we're good. We're good. <laughs> you, also, you also have a black cat. Yes, so I have you, a small black cat. Oh, who that ha- and you got him right around the time you had your surgery. Yep, exactly. I needed like a year after I got my little black cat my familiar. He's even named Endymion, you know, and a, a black pointy hat and a broom. Right. And now right. you fly by night. I do. And I, I hate to admit this because you're going to laugh at me, but when I first got him and I realized he was going to stay this small, I tried to teach him how to balance on a broom. I don't you know why edit I edit that, that out, right? I'm going to edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, leave it in. It's so good. <laughs> leave it in. Even though like, I mean, I will say that sarcastically a lot. So when you're going through this and you hear you're going to edit that out, right? Know that I really want you to leave it in because it's a I know, I know. It's just like, I don't realize I'm embarrassing myself until Gretchen points out that I'm embarrassing myself. And this has been our entire lives. So like, I'm telling this story and I think I'm real cool. And then it's like crickets and Gretchen. I didn't know that. And it's amazing. All right. So let's go into the accusing. So Rebecca was first um, and now we're going to get into some months. So just, I'm going to try to go I don't have to do math like that, do I? You what? No, no, no. I don't have to do math. Oh, okay. No, I'm just going to try to go chronologically at this point because it does make a difference. Uh, Rebecca was accused first, and that was in March, and she was really well loved in the community. So that it was kind of hard to get her jailed, right? Um, also, could be why she became like such a character in literature about this. Yeah. The um, 39 people in the community actually signed a petition on her behalf. Wow. Even a neighbor said she started out by saying she was really unreasonable because she was not dealing well with some trespassing pigs, but said she was okay. So, you know, if you can deal with trespassing pigs, you can deal with anything. (laughs) So Rebecca was dealing with pigs that are trespassing? Apparently she was, and she was very unreasonable about it. I don't know. I don't know what the, um, like what it should be like when pigs trespass. Yeah. But apparently she went outside the societal norms at that time. So she was first accused um, by on accounts of spectral evidence. So that's something that we need to define because this you see through the whole witch trials. So spectral evidence just means your specter. So you're like out of body person, either that part of you is out doing stuff or you're conjuring things with your mind. Right. So, and this is something that I think we've all heard where like the accused young, the accusers, the young girls, yeah. Would like have these fits and say, yeah. they're making me do it. So that's spectral evidence. Okay. But when you said your specter is out doing things, I'm thinking like they're mm. out shopping and spending all my money. Oh no. It gets to where they really do think that they're out. Like just, just hold your horses. Okay. I will hold my horses. Hold horses. So 
that's at first, that's what her accusing was, right? And most of these women, that's why they were brought in, spectral evidence. But they actually decided she was not guilty because that's all they had. However, there was pressure. So this is when you hear back of like Reverend Paris. Mm -hmm. His daughter was an accuser. His niece was an accuser. So when they were saying they were having fits because of her and they're saying you're not guilty, well, there's going to be pressure from some entity to like, and the pressure was just like, okay, let's look again at the evidence. And this is where it gets kind of sad. So Rebecca was hard of hearing. Oh no. I know. And there was one point in the trial that was in the notes where they had asked her basically if she was a witch with another person. Like did they get up to witchy business together? kind of or something like that. Okay. And she didn't understand it enough and just was like, do you thinking maybe like, do you know this woman or something? And so she agreed. Oh no. And so then they decided that that was enough to put her in jail. Not even like ask her again and ask her to clarify, but they just put her in jail. And her response to everything was, I have nothing to look to, but God. So she's like, you know, I can't do anything about this. Oh, bless her tiny heart. (sighs) Bless her 70 year old heart. So Rebecca's in jail. Um, the next was Sarah and this was in early April and actually like it all started at the end of March because she was in church right after Rebecca was imprisoned mm-hmm. and the Reverend Harris again decided like said what he was going to talk on that day and it was very clearly against Rebecca nurse and her witchcraft. So Sarah got up. And I mean, this is to me, this is brazen. She got up, walked out and slammed the church door behind her. I love her. She's my best friend. I know it's amazing. Gretchen, if anybody ever puts you in jail, when, once you start menopause and that somebody puts you in jail, <laughs> I will go to every church until I get the opportunity to get up, storm out and slam the door. Okay. I don't know that anyone will probably do like a sermon on. You, you never know when you're going to get diagnosed with menopausal witchcraft though. I could like just be wanting some time to myself. So I should just like want some solitary confinement or something. I'll let you know. I'll write okay. you letters. Okay. I can, I can also be like the accuser if you need me to, because I'm so young. That's true. You are so young. I'm so much younger than you. So I can accuse you. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, I am like 21 months younger than Gretchen. If you're just tuning in and not rewinding the podcast to the beginning, because we're not live on the radio. Well, you know, sometimes I feel like we're live on the radio, but also I don't think we've ever told anybody how far apart we are. So no, we're only not. our second episode. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Where in the world was I? I had y'all, I had to like, your girl just stormed out of the church, slammed the door and flipped them off. I'm sorry. I got too wrapped up in the, if you're just tuning in, hello, my baby. I'm going to do that in every podcast because I think I I did it once in the first one. I need to find a reason to use your amazing radio announcer voice in every single episode. Well, we're going to talk about Sarah now and we're going to go. Yikes. Why? I don't even know what I'm saying. All right. All right. Sarah just stormed out, got up, stormed out of the church, flipped them off and then burned it to the ground. Yep. And then apparently she went and mocked the Lord's Supper with a large group of people and served blood and red flesh. Do what now? Right. (laughs) That is what, that's what the accusers, which I'm just lumping them all together. The group of young girls um, said that she did. And red so flesh. She got arrested because that was very much illegal. Well, I feel like eating, drinking blood and eating red flesh, which I'm not really sure what red flesh would be. Right. But like she had a blood orange and, and red wine. Well, that's, they apparently said it was actual blood. How'd they know? Did they drink it? 
that's what I'm wondering. But again, at the trial, there was um, spectral evidence. Gosh, that, those and, specters. And in Regina, this, what are you getting up? In this one, it is actually that it was her specter coming like out of her body and going to these girls and uh, tormenting them and making them sign the devil's book. Not the devil's book. The devil's book. But was it with erasable? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was pencil. That would be convenient, right? <laughs> pencil. Number two pencil. Everybody, we, you're going to sign the devil's book on Saturday, 10 a.m. We know it's early to get up. Bring two snacks and four <laughs> number two pencils. Sharpened. Sharpened. You will not be allowed to get up and sharpen them during the signing of the devil's book. Ugh, I just had like SAT PTSD. I mean, do they, I'm assuming that's still how they take the SAT. I doubt it. It's probably computers. I doubt it's computers. Who was taking the SAT recently? They can tell us. I'm sure that we have a All young of our cousin. cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Start text Google machine, text young cousin. Do it. Text some people and ask them to take SATs. Okay. Okay. So she did pass out at her trial. Um, was it hot and was she menopausal? I'm sure it was. Well, I would probably pass a lot too. of people in there. They hadn't fed her in a while. But instead of being like, oh, let's revive her and take care of her, they said, oh, she's going to visit Rebecca in jail. Her specter, Regina Specter, popped out of her chest. Yep. Started playing the piano. <laughs> gotta go guys gotta visit my sister it's hot <laughs> good good acting there but this is important to note she actually moved around the jails a bit so instead of staying where she was they transferred her to boston i'm assuming the jails were getting really full of menopausal women um they transferred <laughs> her to boston and then to ipswich i wonder also if that was to keep her from projecting her specter so she couldn't find her way back oh no we'll find out later that jails the jails back then were specter proof Stay oh tuned. good oh good if you're That's just tuning in if you you're just tuning in <laughs> okay, go podcast. all right we are on to mary who was middle in age, but the third to be arrested. So this might be the one time that the middle child thing works out. Unless like they saved the worst for last. Well, we'll see. Oh, um, she was arrested in the third week of April. Oh, this was um, all kind of back to back. It was pretty back to back, but this was like, everything was happening this quickly. Okay. So it wasn't just this. Cause I'm sitting here thinking like, did they stand to inherit some land that the Reverend wanted? Who even knows? I do have a good story about land coming up, but so this is kind of weird because I think this is where the fact that their mom was accused came into play. Like, okay, okay. by now we have to arrest her because clearly there's like- It's in the blood. It's in the blood, it's genetic. Or the lack thereof. Yeah, because she was really well respected um, and there was only spectral evidence. Like there was no nothing like- I like that you're saying that with like a totally straight face, like it's a real thing. There was only I know. spectral well, because, evidence. Because it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. And that will say like everything that you find is like why they were accused, spectral evidence, spectral evidence, um, which is really anything. It's it's not all like the specter was doing the stuff. Some of it was just like anything that was considered like clairvoyance or um, like mind, mind work. I don't know if that so makes sense. Basically, it was the fail safe. Yeah, it was just like kind if we of can't like find a witch's mark. They couldn't understand or prove. They called it spectral evidence to say there was the evidence. I'm going to start saying that with scientific discoveries too, like penicillin, spectral evidence. <laughs> I don't think it works like that. <laughs> nope. Everything's, everything's based in spectral evidence. Spectral evidence. Um, but she was very well respected in the community too. And I think I said that already. Yes. But um, in the trial, oh, so Mercy Lewis, who I think we hear a lot about her and Abigail Williams. Those seem to be like the two names. 
Um, Mercy Lewis like took it to a new level at this point and said that her specter visited her in bed and laid hands on her breasts. Not like laid hands on, like healing them, like put her hands on her breasts. Like basically did a little booby grab. That's what she said. A booby grab inspector. That's booby what... grab inspector. Sounds like like inspe- inspector. Bo- well, uh, but then that, that sounds like a trashy t-shirt that like uh, trashy dudes would buy at the beach, like boob inspector. <laughs> I don't know why I said beach. I just I grew up a little no, they about me. Shirts like that. It's not all just well. Like and I was working as a lifeguard, so I feel like I saw all kinds of people, and I just like there's a certain kind of person that would have on a boob inspector shirt. FBI female body inspector. That's it. Oh god, <laughs> that just made me want to vomit. Oh, that's so gross. So gotcha, gotcha. Booby booby grab grab. Yeah. Um. Sometimes in trial. So this is more of the spectral evidence. Sometimes in trial, she would clasp her hands together and the accusers would act as if she was trying to break their necks. Oh, come on. She was clasping her hands together so that she wouldn't break their necks. Right. Like So so I can just imagine like they're sitting there all watching. And as soon as she puts her hands together, they're like, ah, my, my necks. She's grasping them. I know. I'm just, I'm imagining this happening in a court now. I'm like, that is just so bizarre. Oh, but it does in the public court. Doesn't be what? a salty old person. It does in the public court. What? Like the public court being like when the general population makes a decision over whether someone's guilty in a like a like a high powered trial. Right. And we all make this assumption that someone's guilty before they even go to trial. That's the public court. Ah. The court of public opinion, actually, is how we can phrase that. And you know, people are like, I saw Goody Proctor with the devil. I saw Kanye West with the devil. Okay, so she was put in jail. And then um, after two months, she was released. And this is Haythorn was trying to just help some people out. You know, like a lot of these situations where they're like, okay, maybe if I put him in jail for two months and it'll settle down and then I'll take him back out. Like basically making it a cool. Right. Like the magistrate was not wanting to obviously put some of these things or some of these women, some of these menopausal women in jail. But he was getting a lot of pressure from other people. Um, But... As soon as she got released, Mercy said that Mercy Lewis, the same girl, said that she, her specter came again. And this is where we know about the prisons of that time. Because after that, um, after that, they actually pulled her out of bed in the night and put her in jail. I know. Really crappy. Terrible. I know. But apparently their jails back then were specter proof. Because as soon as she went in jail, her specter couldn't come out anymore. Oh, good. Sure. Right. So it's interesting. Like all the spectral evidence is solved by putting them in jail. Yeah. I mean, it and makes they, sense. They to said me. it was the shackles. Were they lead lined? Like, what are we talking here? I don't know. Did they line the walls with silver? I have no idea how it worked, but uh, we don't have those kind of jails anymore. I don't think you're special think, to that time period. Yeah. I think your specter could still get out of jails now. You're also yeah. not shackled to a wall for the most part. So I think that that would be. Yeah, it's true. Maybe it's the wall that makes them. I don't know. I don't know. Literally, it said it. In, some, in one of the resources, it said that um, as soon as her shackles were put on, she could not get back out again. Good. Now we have we have some parameters. We just need shackles to prevent our specters from wandering. I wonder what my specter's been up to because I didn't know that that menopause made my specter wander. It does. Well, my so specter's I, been out gallivanting. That's why I wake up tired been. some morning. Maybe, maybe. Okay, so now I have to get into some kind of sad parts. Uh, So there were deaths. Um, They were hanged. 
two of the three, mm-hmm. not all three. Rebecca was hanged on July 19th. So if we're doing, if we're like time, we're going in, you know, our chronological order. So she was in jail for a, quite a while, I feel like, March to July. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has lived on as the lead character in Arthur Miller's Crucible, The Crucible. Yep. And there have been many adaptations of that. And there's been other literature where she's referred to, um, mainly based on The Crucible. Like that kind of rose her to fame. Yeah. Posthumously. And so the other literature pieces are kind of based around that. Gotcha. But she mm-hmm. has some interesting descendants. One is Mitt Romney. Really? Wait. Lucille Ball. Really? And cool. my personal favorite, Zach Braff. Zach Braff? <laughs> yes. I love Zach Braff. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Um, I mean, like I was one of, I, I was a Scrubs like fan a- from way back. That was like my main thing I loved him in. So I'm like, I, I realized that was not like the culmination of his talent and amazingness, but Scrubs will always hold a piece of my heart. I think that we should host a reunion. Well, we can't with Lucille. Maybe her specter. I'm sorry. I'm sure if we told them we were having a reunion, they would just be rushing out the door to be a part of it. Basically, we would be putting Mitt Romney and Zach Braff in a room together, which... A reunion with who, though? Like, Rebecca? No, like a family reunion. You don't have to have the matriarch there. Oh, oh. I was like, if... I, I thought at first I thought we were talking about like a reunion of the cast of Scrubs. I'm like, that is super and Mitt Romney <laughs> and the ghost. Oh, anyway, of Lucille Ball. I wonder, like, I wonder if they realize they're related. Like how, how did this well, all come out? Now, did somebody do all to our podcast? That's true. That's true. Um, the next one was Mary. So now we know who survived, right? Mary was hanged in September on the 22nd. Interestingly enough, this was really cool. So this was the very last day of executions. So she like, could if it was 24 hours later she wouldn't have been hung well maybe not i mean because they had stuff slated so you'll hear a little bit more about the story in a minute but um this was the last slated day but when she was on the gallows like she one thing that she was known for um was being very vocal about her innocence and everyone's innocence and how wrong this was yeah go middle child i think you would like her the best honestly um i mean she wrote a whole thing about it um she talked about it and on the gallows she was very like public in praying and she was praying the whole time she was on the gallows that all of that would end wow yeah so like that to me is like really really cool that that happened at the last executions like well and maybe it was human conviction or it could have been like divine intervention right yeah you know looking at a combination thereof yeah or people realizing like okay the church is the one standing up to say that they're all witches and she's the one praying on the gallows right um but her presence in media actually really stuck around um probably because she was vocal right so there's a lot of like documents and stuff from her that still exists not stories about her necessarily although you would think (laughs) that she would stick around as innocent but oddly she was she's still kind of referred to as a witch so I know, but like the other two sisters are very much like known for not being a witch at this point. Yeah. But she was mentioned in Charmed, which I want to go back and watch the season one, episode two. Of like the original Charmed? Yeah, like Charmed. And then she was mentioned as a witch in The Conjuring. So that movie, The Conjuring, yeah, which that, is that- like based on some supposedly real hauntings but they mentioned her as like the descendant that everyone came from wow are in the, 2013 so the not sorry the movie came out in 2013 
in 2013, she shows up. I'm not, I was told not to watch The Conjuring. I have a friend who watches scary movies for me and tells me if I should watch it or not. The, all those movies are pretty creepy. It's not on my list of approved. Oh, I wouldn't. They're, I don't like it when they're like, um, like a, a little ghost story is interesting to me or like people running around doing like EVP sessions and things like that are kind of fun to watch. So like know. TV shows, like ghost, TV shows, ghost hunters. Yeah, kind of people just like being people. But when it gets into like demonic stuff or like um, true witchcraft kind of stuff, like I just... I'm not a fan of those kind of movies. See, I just live alone with a black cat who <laughs> makes all the shadows move. And I'm not inviting that into my life because that also means nightmares. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's how I feel about like inviting that stuff into my environment in general. Like it just kind of creeps me out. Okay. Um, there's also, <laughs> and this is like, I put this in here just like as a random, there's a band called Primate Fiasco. Oh, oh yes primate fiasco oh you actually know the band or no, no. <laughs> oh well i mean they're like on spotify and everything they, they're like a legitimate I'm sure they are they have several albums um and they have a song called mary town easty 1692 how much oh. of it could i play without getting in trouble you think um i don't know probably I'll, I'll... like 10 seconds okay here we go all right, just stop it there. <laughs> that was about 10 seconds. So. Okay, that's not like, I'm not putting it on the top of my list of songs that floor me when I first yeah, hear Yeah, no, them. it wasn't necessarily a great song, but it's a real thing. Oh, um, I believe it's a real song. There's lots of things on Spotify that- Did you hear it okay? Yeah, Town Sisters, 1692. Yep. So yeah. Dulcet anyway, Tones there for everybody listening. There's some people- tuning in. There's some dulcet tones for you. So she has lived on. Is someone cleaning the glass behind you? Yep. That's my kid. <laughs> I'm in here recording podcast. She's cleaning glass. Hi, how you doing? Good. Yeah. Were you told to clean the glass or are you just doing it for fun? For fun? Okay, cool. I All I see is this like motion and a palm, a hand, and she's cleaning one one pane. She's taken a while. She did not clean off her handprint on the other pane. Well, but she was I'm worried because glass. she's clearly on a stool and clearly leaning against the door and it opens inward. So that's my concern. That's a valid concern. Okay, so now it gets kind of fun and different and hopefully stuff you haven't heard about. Okay. A lot of that, to be fair, was stuff I hadn't heard about. Sarah storming out of the church, slamming the door, flipping them off, burning it down, and then pooping on town hall was the best part. Yeah. No, I was just kind of in shock. Just, And this is not, y'all, I did not do, like, crazy research for this. Like, this was, like, I did not dig too much. You mean you there's didn't so much... go to Salem and go through the archives? I didn't. Wow. Um, there's, like, but, I mean, th there's so much interesting stuff out there um, about this. I kind of... I could probably have looked up stuff just on these different characters. Like I found a good timeline and then I just went and like did everyone individually and I could still have gone on and on. I couldn't find, I thought it'd be interesting if like some of the accusers were sisters, but the closest I could find were the cousins. I could be wrong, but that's what I found. Okay, so we're in October of 1692 now. Um, and at this point, the governor, William Phipps, I think maybe he was like something, like this is taking a turn. This is too much. This is taking a turn. I don't know for sure. But he dissolved the court where this is all being held. Oyer and Terminus or something like that. Like he dissolved came out and said, court. we're done here. I don't know what happened, but he, like, it's very clear that he dissolved that court and put off the rest of the cases until January of 1693. Ooh. So basically anyone who was still in prison, which included Sarah, everything was put off. So no more cases could be heard, nothing. But they stayed in prison. 
Yeah, they stayed imprisoned. Okay. But in January, there was a new superior court of judicature that was formed. Of so, Judy Couch- Juicy Couture? Uh, yes, Juicy Couture. That's the um, court? Judicature. Judicature. I'm pretty sure that's Spell it, maybe? J-U-D-I-C-A-T-U-R-E. Judicature. That's Judy Cater. She lives right down the street. Look it up. It's judicature. I'm almost sure. I will look it up. Oh, by the way, I did get some responses to these text messages. And as far as everyone knows, you still take the SAT with pencils. Are they even taking the SATs or are they going off of our SAT experience? Probably going off of our SAT experience because a lot of people like do the ACT or the Hootie What's It's. Okay. Well, you could have been like just stand. <laughs> I guess we should. Standardized tests are still pencil. And that Scantron, that's fast. I've Scantron a great deal in my life. Like run it through the Scantron? Oh my gosh. I can't. I haven't done like, that enough. I feel like I miss. It was like almost. Now I a, only get to do it when I vote. It would almost be a joke because you would do it um, like you would be in the teacher's area. It's not really called a teacher's lounge in college, but it's where our mailbox, the workroom is what we called it. And the Scantron machine was in there and you could always, like if someone was running it through a Scantron, usually it just goes like, zheep. Jeep, if they're doing well on the test, yeah. and it like has this little thump sound if they're not. So if you're not doing well on a test, it's like, it's like a machine gun sound. Oh, where it's making all the marks? Yes. So if you were going through the workroom and there was like a Scantron going through, it sounded like a machine gun. You'd be like, ooh, want to check your key there? Oh or like, gosh. how hard was that test? So it's kind of like, That's it was, fun. yeah, little little teacher humor for you. Business, business offices have the water cooler. You guys had the Scantron. That's true. I can tell that you don't feel well because you're holding a cool candle against your face. <laughs> it's like the glass I mean, jar of a candle is getting is getting rolled across Gretchen's face. It's all this all this talk of menopause. No, mine is definitely not menopause. It's just like sickness. I have judicature. Is that how you said it? Judicature. Sure. Judicature. Judicature. But it's actually I feel like str- this is stressing. not the like tipping point of the podcast. We could probably just you know move on. Like we said earlier, just write in and tell us how we how to pronounce it. Write in to our live radio show if you're just now tuning in. Yes, yes. Okay, so lines are um, open. One of the things they said though, and this is really huge, they immediately said that all cases um, should disregard anything referring to spectral evidence. Ooh, right. Like of these three sisters, two, and those were the two that were hanged were actually they tried to let them go right and so there's obviously a lot of pressure going on and it was kind of like you know now we would probably not hear a case of this notoriety at a local court i mean it's why we do some of the jury stuff that we do now to try to get people a fair trial side note my town how many times have you been called for jury duty where you live where i live yeah never but since i've lived here permanent resident here. I've been called in South Carolina twice a year and I have to call them and tell them I haven't been a resident of South Carolina for 12 years now. Something about this town, we get called a lot and I'm sure someone knows why, but I have my, you have so few permanent residents. That's my speculation. Yes. I live in a college town, by the way. Um, so they're relying on the permanent residents to make rulings on the temporary residents. Yeah. You do hear a lot of that kind of stuff. Okay. So half the cases were immediately released provided that the family could pay the backlogged room and board and no. blankets and shackles fees. You, you do not. What's the shackles fee? They should be paying me. I know, right? I'm going to charge right? you a shackles fee. Thank you very much. I know. I was just very, that was astounding to me. So Sarah, apparently her family could pay. She was 
almost immediately released. So now we're going to follow her story just a little bit because this is where not only does it get interesting, but it takes it to something that you can actually go yourself and see now in like relation to this whole story. Ooh. I know it actually makes me want to go up to like Massachusetts, the Boston area. That's where area. we can take our train trip. Oh, we have been, we've been looking at a train trip. If we take a train trip, we will podcast from the train for sure. 100%. It'll 100%. be a live broadcast from the train. We can actually do a live broadcast on Podbean. So keep your eyes open. Oh, and then you can actually say if you're just tuning in. And if you're just sense. tuning in. <laughs> um, okay. So then she moved. Um, and of course they wanted to get out of Salem. Like almost everyone did. First they moved to Boston. Then they moved to what today is Framingham. And part of the reason they all wanted to move was because of the church, right? They were Again, it was like a legal office. Paris was still in the pulpit. So they didn't really want to go to that church again. So first they moved to Boston. Then they moved to Framingham. Now, they didn't just choose this Framingham. random Framingham. Yes. Sorry, Framingham. I just wanted to say it out loud. Frame. It's probably Framingham. Framingham. Um, probably if it was another in England. Um, but the governor, Thomas Danforth. So this is why they moved to this random place that wasn't even a town at that point. He had this tract of land. Um, and he was giving it up for refugees of the trial. Oh, that's like, like people who were in jail and now they've lost everything kind of thing. I don't know if they like lost everything, but they just wanted to be out of Salem. And he did have a little part in this. So there is speculated that he was making up for his part in, in this whole thing, which is interesting to be like, okay, that was so bad and so crazy. And it's not like millions of years later people realize that they had done wrong. Right. This was soon enough for Sarah and her husband, Peter, to go build a house on this land. Wow. And so live out their final days. Are. Yeah. So this was not like, like he knew if the, he, if he really did do it for that reason, which there's no other, no reason to think he didn't. Um, yeah. Then that is crazy. Like he knew he'd screwed up pretty quickly. You can still visit it today, actually. But her story, so Sarah's story is told in, the movie called Three Sovereigns for Sarah. So if you're wanting to watch a movie that's, it's actually considered one of the most historically accurate films. Nice. I know. So um, I I'm think you can it. get it on Amazon. I, don't, I looked I'll at tell it you. a while back. Google machine, Google yeah. machine. Side note, probably another reason I'm a little bit grumpy is because I lost the recording of this the first time. So if you're hearing grumptastic Gretchen, it's because I'm doing this for the second time. Also, Okay, I'm going to speak to those of you who are potentially wanting to podcast at some time. Never delete your notes until the podcast has no. gone live. There you go. You there you go. In. Anyway, the only thing that's not historically accurate is the fact that the title refers to like restitution that was paid to the family that was never paid. So everything uh but the whole entire title and concept is very historically accurate. <laughs> Um, I don't know why that's so funny. Right. So interestingly enough, where they moved again, now Framingham, these are now we're kind of getting to some like fun facts. That same town is actually the home to Denison Manufacturing Company. Have you heard of them? No, I hadn't either. But they cornered the market from 1909 to 1940 on Halloween decor. No, what? Yes. And that like super like it, I mean non-related, but also isn't That's that interesting? That's really cool though, Did right? Do, like, and it had to be like 1909 is right when Halloween was kind of turning into what it is now. 
Yeah. So they what were the-, the first people coming out with like this stuff. And they also started, they put out this thing. It was popular. It's called a bogey book. And it was for like how to have Halloween parties and do like adult things for Halloween, not just the trick or treating. It was published in 1912. I'm very into this and don't worry, I'm going to try and find a copy <laughs> on a I knew you would get into the bogey book. Yeah. Oh, you know that that's like my thing. So, but I mean, that was to me that I want to be like, man, okay, who you have one. I have something that is illustrated in their style. It's called witch in the mill. It's oh, copyright 1947 by Alfreda Marion Peel. And it's dedicated to the memory of her mother. But I'm just, to me, I would like the person who's in charge of marketing as it was in 1909 for this company was brilliant because the concept of adults doing Halloween things was ahead of its time. And they were like wildly popular. So that is, to me, I thought that was kind of a cool little thing. So their, their art is some of my favorite Halloween. I know exactly what you're like, where it's almost like a paper cutout kind of look. Yes. That's their art. Off of the bogey books, although very interesting subject matter, and you're excited about this, I can tell. I'm so excited. And just you wait. I can tell. I can tell. So if you, another thing, I feel like we're like, we need to do a About Us episode or something because um, Jesse has another podcast, which is um, for kids, actually. It's Raggedy Auntie Reads. So, and you can already know that she teaches Shakespeare. So books are her thing. Yeah. If you have kids and you're listening, her podcast is amazing. It's got, it's like soundscaped and everything. I'm just in awe of the whole Thing. When I was a kid and I told people that yes. I was either going to be an actor, an astronaut, or an opera singer, I'm all of them through books. <laughs> there you go, kids. Was, Don't okay. spend all that wisdom in one place. Uh, okay, back to our fun facts, maybe just like random facts. So remember the name th- name changes I told you about at the beginning? Yes. So actually the two magistrates, so remember Corwin and Haythorn? Yes. So they changed their family names because of the stigma to Kerwin. And that's C U R W I N, which like I know it. I know Kerwin who just has mm-hmm. a different spelling. You what? I regret saying that out loud. I said like Steve Kerwin, but it's Steve Irwin. It's Steve Irwin. I I apologize to everyone who just heard that. <laughs> also, like, wow, that would be a stretch. No, I know like people here who have the same Kerwin, but it's spelled differently. And then Hawthorne. Like Nathaniel what, Hawthorne. I mean, I don't know if he's related, but, but the spelling. The spelling is Hawthorne. Yep. He wrote um, the Scarlet Letter, I think. Right. But wasn't it before this time or right around this time, maybe? Um, let's see. Maybe, maybe. All right, you keep going. I will Google machine. Um, Peter Cloyce, Sarah's husband. This is really kind of a cool thing. So he founded a group called the Aggrieved Brethren, and he pulled together a group of men whose wives were victims, which for its time is a really cool concept. Yeah, right? like that's group therapy. Well, no, their goal was to oust Paris. That's even better. Right. Um, and Cloyce is bad, but right. But it wasn't, I mean, but they would not have had, they may have, and I'm sure they talked about this stuff and like, that's kind of a testosterone kind of therapy too. Like burn it down, burn it down. (laughs) Menopause. Also when your testosterone starts increasing, burn it down, burn it down. 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 (laughs) Everyone must be as hot as me because we're witches. Um, that was horrible ending to that great song because we're witches, but he got, so he, Cloyce himself actually got really frustrated and left the group. So I'm assuming that's like when they moved to framing him or whatever. Yeah. Um, because he just was like, we're never going to accomplish anything. I'm just going to leave the church. But the group kept going and eventually they brought a civil case against that 
um, pastor and removed him from the church. Well, good. I mean, that was kind of, to me, I didn't know that. I was like, that's kind of cathartic. And Sarah spent all of her final days trying to clear her sister's names. Um, and they were, years later, f- finally, everyone from this whole trial was fully exonerated, which I think we do know. Um, yes. It's like completely cleared in a legal way so that no one is found guilty. But that, and that's unfortunately like how it happens, right? Um, I have your answer on Nathaniel Hall. Go. Uh, John Hathorne or Haythorne or Hawthorne mm-hmm. is um, his great great grandfather. Ah, yep. He was born in 1804, so this was before his time. And right. he writes a lot about that in the House of Seven Gables, which I forgot that he wrote and I haven't read in a while. So I think that's going to be my next reread or maybe I'll get that's the audiobook. Cool. And the Scarlet Letter like is very kind of about the same concept too. Yeah. The accusation. Not, not witchy, but yeah, just right. add, like accusing people of things that they don't have any right accusing them of right exactly um i have one last thing one last thing the salem witch museum part of what the witch museum runs is the homestead of sarah and peter's house in framingham and they did like a 1.5 million dollar they say renovation but it was like pretty run down like basically rebuild of the Cloyce house in 2017, 2018, so that it would stay a part of the history of the area. Wow. Yeah. So you can go and visit that. Yes. And you can actually see some of the things that we're talking about. And while you're up there, you can go see Nathaniel Hawthorne's birthplace where the great, great grandson of this judge lived. Hawthorne was born. Isn't that interesting though, that we know him as Nathaniel Hawthorne and it's, started out as Haythorn. Yeah. And I don't think that you would draw the conclusions if you didn't, if you weren't told. Right. I was just shocked at how many name changes there were because of this. I'm honestly not because like, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't change my name. Yeah, true. It's interesting because he writes those books and it kept coming up that like Hawthorne was the one who was like trying to release people and give people second chances. And then Everyone, like the Paris, the the Reverend was the one that the people were trying to get ousted and never even talked about, like, let's change these guys. Um, Not saying that they're like completely guiltless, but I feel like all all fingers point back to the girls, the girls. But Paris was like defending his daughter. Yeah. And 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 I wonder how much of it was. I'll be too embarrassed if you're wrong. We will never know. Well, we could see if there's still a little spectral evidence to that effect. True. You never know. You never know. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. I I certainly did. I did. Good. I, I found it very interesting. I know I didn't bring the like fun and frivolity today, but I thought it was a really interesting podcast. That's okay. I'll be the fun and frivolous one. You can do that for me today. Yeah. I'll I feel be like sometimes that's my role. Yes. A lot of times that's your role. Well, Gretchen, thank you. Now I'm going to be thinking about this and I might have to watch seven sovereigns for Sarah. I know. Three I sovereigns for Sarah, six sovereigns. For, I, I want it to be Three. a little yeah, yeah it, it should be seven, right? You know, also, they completely made it up, clearly. So it could have been seven sovereigns for Sarah. It's only $4. Hmm. You watch it first, then. I will watch it. <laughs> Don't you have my Prime login anyway? I might need to get your login. You might need to, but I'm not going to tell it to you now. I'm just going to say bye, sisters, to all our friends. <laughs> and then I'll log off and give it. Bye, sisters. Bye, sisters.